Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined by Dan Sipping Balls Cougar. Dappy Balls. For our listeners he's, who aren't he's got viewers, his boba tea. I have uh, I'm having my first boba tea right now, mm. live. For you live viewers, it's live. Wait, you've never had boba never. tea in your life? It doesn't look like something I would want. How is that even possible? <laughs> It looks exactly like I, something I want. It's uh, gummy it's bears with, inside of foggy drink with foggy balls on the bottom. I mm. just, I've never had the urge to get that. Ah, man. You're it's good. Little... It's not, I don't know about the balls, but the 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 tea is good. I got I'm, not, I'm not saying you're living your life wrong, but like not doing it right. Either. I haven't finished it yet. This could be completely different feedback in about 10 minutes. Okay. So. okay. Honestly, boba tea is about as good as it's ever going to get in the first couple it's sips. Yeah. It doesn't get better. I don't, it doesn't age well. I'm not going to get up and like walk. Three blocks to go get one of these. What would you get up and walk three blocks for? A lot of things. Like what? Um, most food. Most, most food. Consumables. That is incredibly vague, but not boba tea. I love to eat. This is just, I don't know. I mean, I'd get up and walk a couple blocks for a burger, for a pizza, for a sandwich, for a lot of things. Okay. okay. Uh, but this one got delivered. So I was like, hey, I'll take give it. it a shot. All right. Should we get boba tea? We've wasted we'll put it aside. Let's talk about Let's talk about what the people came to hear about, which mm-hmm. is rent control and also kind of tangentially uh, contrarian investing advice. Hmm. Um, so as, as a lot of you guys know, you know, if you're, if you invest with us or um, if you're just curious about investing macroeconomics in general, like last year, one of our core markets that we invested in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota enacted rent control. What? Oh God. And it was a real, it was a real pain in the butt for so many reasons. And we did a, a really deep dive into rent control and why generally we weren't like super concerned about it or anything like that. Um, but all that's to say is the, the vote that went through was in November rent control got passed and it goes into effect starting May 1st, which is coming up really, really quickly. And one of the ongoing questions that everybody's had is how are they actually going to enforce this bad boy? Because rent control requires a whole lot of bureaucratic muscle. If you think about how you're going to actually enforce this and the city of St. Paul was not prepared for that. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the people. They don't have the systems to actually do the, to enforce this thing. And so everybody's just been kind of watching with bated breath being like, what are they going to do? And they got it. They have to, they have to put it into effect. The, the The vote is the vote. They can't just ignore it. And so the, the the mayor's office, the city council, they've been like scratching their noodles for the past six months, being like, "Oh boy, oh boy, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" And I don't envy them. But here's the solution that they tentatively have in place. Dan, what do we have to look forward to? 
I can't stop laughing because it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Self-certification uh, of uh, being exempt for Exemptions. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so basically <laughs> what they're saying is, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, the rent control measure that was passed was a was the most draconian thing that has been passed in the U.S., which is a just flat 3% cap on all rents, uh, regardless if somebody moves out, which is a huge vacancy control, uh, huge, huge issue, uh, because without that component, this is perfectly fine with us. Um, but if somebody moves out, it doesn't matter if you put a new tenant in the max, you can raise the rent regardless of who the tenant is, is 3% in a year. And it also included a new construction, which is extremely weird. weird. Um, so those two things make it so that it's so ridiculously strict that it really shouldn't be, uh, left in place. And, uh, People are becoming very aware of this and trying to backpedal. So, so basically what they've come up with now is they're saying that you can self-certify uh, that you are exempt from the increase for whatever reason. Maybe your taxes went up uh, 7%, and, and that's your justification to be raising rents more than 3%, or you did unit improvements, or your operating expenses went up due to inflation. Just, they have provided really no guidance on what your justification could be. So it's basically just give us something. Give us anything. <laughs> give us something that says here's why you should be able to do this. And uh, apparently that's what they're going to run with as of now. And this is one of those things where uh, the mayor's office and city uh, city council, they don't even know what the solution is going to be. So this little uh, self-exemption thing is the only uh, little you know, information that we've gotten yeah. since this past. I mean, it's been it's basically been like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And they're since, not figuring it out. So. And I, I, and you guys can see obviously the issues with a self-elected exemption system where on one hand, everybody's going to be filing for it and saying I'm exempt because of course, inflation being what it is, everybody's expenses are going up more than 3% because that on its own, is a ridiculously low number. Uh, so everybody's going to be filing for it, which is going to lead almost all residents to then go, hey, wait a minute. How can you do that? So that's going to take everything to court and it's going to get messy. It's going to get. Yeah, it's going to get super ugly. Yeah, real quick. It's not and it's not going to be a quick fix either. This is something where I'd be uh, uh, really excited if this all got resolved and in, in, in a more moderate version of rent controls put in place in two years. I don't see them just getting rid of rent control. I see them taking it back to something a little bit more reasonable that we see across the country where it's going to be CPI plus something yeah, it will. usually nets out to like six, 7% or something, which is totally reasonable. And if somebody moves out, the basis resets. So any regular rent control would work perfectly for our model. So, you know, on the long end, I'd say three years on the short end, maybe two years, um, you know, we'll see something come, come kind of revert to the mean. Now, here's the interesting uh, thing, though. We were at a, uh, a lunch earlier this week, I won't say his name, with a guy who's been doing business in the Twin Cities for so long. He's a big developer here. He was on the city council for a while. And uh, we were having a good conversation with him. And he's like, right now is the time to be buying in St. Paul. He's like, there is so much opportunity because there's so many people who are just scared and getting out of Dodge. And he's like, in, and this is going to correct itself within 36 months. And he's like, and then you're going to be very happy that you you acquired these assets. All you have to do is extend out your time horizon. So instead of looking and say, I'm going to exit in three or five years, push that out to seven and 10. And you're going to be very glad that you did, which is something that we talk about all the time, which is if you extend your time horizon, it de-risks the investment. And it goes with something else that we believe, which is when everybody's going left and fleeing a market, we look at them like, well, maybe, maybe now's the time to go shopping. Maybe there's some pretty good opportunities there, which is one of the reasons that we dove so hard into Minneapolis in the last two years is 
you know, there's some social unrest there, a lot of question marks about is rent control going to come over there too. And man, I, we just couldn't get our hands on enough assets. And so far, can't complain. Yeah, I think this is the one, there's a couple silver linings to this. One is that it's so extreme that it's like the perfect what not to do example for Minneapolis. It's a caricature. And it really yeah. kind of scared Minneapolis uh, to not want to go anywhere near that because they're seeing what a mess it is. And it's so extreme that we saw such a big backlash from the developers where there were you know, hundreds, if not a thousand units that were queued up ready to be delivered that got just turned off overnight um, as soon as this passed. And I think that's a big black eye. For the number was like 3000, right? Well, two, I, I two know or the Ford site was, I think three or 400. Yeah. That was the big one that I think was kind of the nail in the coffin. So much. And then, and pretty much everybody else that was in the middle of, of putting something together, I think, backed out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that number is. So here's a, here's something. The other thing with the rent control measure is that they never even really defined what rent what what mean, what rent is. Yeah. Like what is like is that fees? Do those count? And, and until they could clarify that, I think there's just so much. Um, still, all these months after, there's still so much confusion mm-hmm. and lack of clarity. But here's an idea that somebody proposed to me the other day. It gave me a good chuckle. Is he said, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write it into all my leases that rent is ten thousand dollars a month, and that I'm going to give discounts down to my appropriate number. Yeah, I was talking about and um, I was talking about that same concept with somebody the other other day. Well, it was actually about a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, we were actually gonna try not to talk about it <laughs> publicly <laughs> because you know if you disclose what you're kind of looking at is you don't want. Not that I'm giving the city that much credit that they're going to be listing this stuff and, and Mel- proactively. Melvin Carter, probably. if you're listening to this, turn it off right but now. But yeah, that's what that's that's a good strategy because you set your basis way up here and then you give credit so that your effective runs down here and that enables yep. you to to you know reduce the credits or, or you can do a lot of things. You should have told me that we weren't going to talk about this. I well, mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't know we were going to bring it up. <laughs> I got to the same place live. you guys got got to that. Yeah. So I mean, there's it's a bunch silly, of things you can do. But the do. thing is, it's really silly, but like it could have been viable. Uh, right now it's probably not viable unless we enacted it right away yeah like, it's got to be and probably because it's so close to the may 1st deadline anyway like there have been so yeah, much issues really around think, it but and there's, i don't I think, think it's there's necessary. like six different ways that as an owner you can you can navigate this so yeah. basically the way we see it is there's going to be a period of time where this is getting worked out and um we're effectively we we kind of push pause on st paul but with that said we're still looking personally we know that yeah, our yeah. investors are probably going to be a little skittish of st paul until this this uh shakes out so we're not syndicating deals there but if but we're we looking personal opportunity we're going to gobble it up because there's a lot of people who are uh, reacting emotionally and, and and selling and fleeing thinking that this is going to be just the new normal mm-hmm. for ever yeah so, so i guess i guess one thing there is if you're listening to this and you're like i want to invest with you guys still like let's go into st paul let's get in there let's know We'll bring in. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But that's going to do it for us, guys. That is the rent control update. Not it's been eight months, but not much to update. Maybe not yeah. eight months, six months. Yeah, one bullet point. <laughs> one that's bullet point. That's that's all that the city yeah. has managed. So good luck and Godspeed to them. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, go leave a review. Go um, <laughs> let us know what you think about rent control and Zimbabwe. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.